Okay. So we're up to Daf Ayin Amid Beis. Two lines from the bottom. Today's Gemara is very, very easy. It's, again, it's a lot of drushes, but it's, it's not complicated. We said yesterday that the word boy, we darshan the word boy by Pesach, that, um, where do we say it? That we said regarding Pesach, that boy in a So the Gemara wants to say, basically, we saw yesterday's daf, one of the drushes, that the word boy is, is, is used. So the Gemara says, now that we know that, know that the word boy can be used in a drasha, what is it used in other areas? Yeah, let me just uh, just confirm what the drasha was. Hold on, just because my memory is not great. Um, yeah, we said yesterday that, oh yeah, 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 that, that, that uh, uncircumcised slaves only is a problem for Pesach, not for Truma, and that's learned that from boy. So now that you see that you could darshan the word boy, let's darshan the word boy in other areas for Pesach. So the Gemara says, Hasha da Amrit, boy le drashu da Now that you tell me that boy is used for a drasha, kol ben necha le yechel boy lomali. Kol ben necha le yechel boy is regarding Pesach. The current Pesach, ben necha, is someone who goes off the derech, someone who does avodazara. If a Jew goes, does avodazara, he's a mummer le avodazara, he can't eat the current Pesach. And the Pesach says boy. Boy implies that it's only a problem for a carbon Pesach, but someone who's does Avodah can do other things. So what could they do? So the Gemara says, boy, on the next page, Hamaras Das Peselas, doing Avodah disqualifies you from eating the carbon Pesach, but Hamaras Das Peselas Pemeiser, but it doesn't disqualify you from eating Meiser and Truma. Meaning if a Jew does Avodah he could still eat Truma and he could still eat Meiser. Eating carbon Pesach. Can't eat the carbon Pesach if you do Avodah, if you do Avodah Zarah. It's a special Pesach. The Pesach says for carbon Pesach, that if you do have a desire, you're, you're disqualified from eating the carbon Pesach, but you're not disqualified from eating Truma. Okay. So, now the Gemara continues. I mean, I kind of get it. The whole Indian of carbon Pesach is a, is a Muna taking us out of Mitzrayim. I, I get it that if someone uh, is uh, yeah, doing a Well, the Pesach. well, no. Almost everybody. <laughs> Uh, it's it's uh, I mean, it's an interesting point, but by the way, this is actually was the source that Moshe Rabbeinu used to break the luchos because he said that if someone who does avodah zara is puzzled from Karim pesach, then the Jewish people just did avodah zara with the eagle are probably puzzled from the luchos. Right? So the Gemara continues now. Then the pasuk says, "Call that someone who's uncircumcised cannot eat the carbon pesach." What does that teach you? That boy, that if you're uncircumcised, you could still eat the matzah and the mar. Okay. Meaning, even though you can't eat the carbon pesach, you can still eat matzah and mar. You still have to eat matzah and mar. More specifically, the Gemara says like this: "Vaiter in the drushes for pesach." Now, when it comes to the carbon pesach, there's two disqualifications: there is uncircumcised, and there's someone who does avodah the Gemara wants to know, why do you need both? I, I don't understand. I mean, the, the answer is quite obvious, but the Gemara feels like, if you tell me that someone's uncircumcised, can't eat the carbon Pesach, can I figure out someone who does a Vodazar? And if you tell me someone does a Vodazar, can I figure out if someone's uncircumcised? And the answer is obviously not, because they're two fundamentally different concepts. And I'll just speak outside. Uncircumcised doesn't mean that you're a bad person. It could be that you're just medically unable to. Someone who does Avodah is choosing to rebel against God. And on the contrary, someone who does Avodah at least it's here, right? Someone, who's, someone who has, uh, uh, you know, who has ashkafic problems, 
it's here. It's not physical. It's not in his physical body. So therefore, even if someone who does Avodah is disqualified, I wouldn't necessarily, meaning if someone, if someone, let's say, does Avodah is not disqualified, I would still say uh, uncircumcised is disqualified because uncircumcised is on the body. So you would actually not be able to compare the two. But the Gemara just says, um, the reason why the Torah has to speak out that if you're uncircumcised, you can't do the Karim Pesach, and the Torah has to speak out that if you uh, do have a desire, you're disqualified. Why? Because if the Pesach just said that uncircumcised is disqualified, I wouldn't be able to learn out of Odezara. Why? I'd say Mishum Demos, because physically, your physical body is disgusting to Hashem because you have, a, you have a, an Arla. But if you have a, a, a kid who does Avodah maybe Hashem would let him eat the Karm Pesach. He's, he's not physically disgusting. He's going through something. So maybe we'll have Rachmanus. That's why you need both. And if the Pesach had just said that someone who does Avodah is disqualified, I would say, Yeah, because he's a Russia. But uncircumcised, the guy could be a big tzaddik. He just physically can't have a bris milah. And I would say maybe he could eat tzricha. That's why the Pasuk specifically has to say both are out. Okay. Then the Pasuk says mimenu. It says mimenu three times regarding Karim Pesach. What's the drasha? Look at the Rabbah Amrav It's used for the drasha of Rabbah Amrav Now, what that drasha is, we do not know right now. It will be explained in three dafim. Okay? So in three dafim, the Gemara will elaborate what... What that's used? It's just you should know. Just put it in the side of your mouth. Fine. We had yesterday. How do I know that someone who's an oral cannot eat truma? So there was two opinions, right? Rav Eliezer said it's learned out from Exer Shava from Karm Pesach. It says Toishiv is by Pesach, and that doesn't. That's not true, and that's used to tell you to just like a Karm Pesach, someone who's an oral is disqualified. So to truma's oral is disqualified. Rav Kiva said, "Ain't I don't need Jerushas in Karm Pesach. Ish ish." Lerabos is oral, ish ish. It says ish ish regarding um, someone who's tame, that someone who's tame cannot eat truma. The extra ish is to include an oral. Okay, that's how Rav Akiva had it. Yeah, good. The Gemara says the aim of is All you see from this pasuk is that there's something that disqualifies you by truma. He figured out that it's an oral. Maybe it's an oinin. Maybe it's an oinin. We said yesterday. No, 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 just sorry. We said yesterday. Yeah, we said yesterday that an oinen is allowed to eat uh, truma, right? Again, Ravakiva darshins. Ravakiva is figuring out that someone who's uncircumcised cannot eat truma, and he says it's from the extra word ish. That means to answer something. We're saying it's oral. So the Gemara says maybe it's an oinen, right? We know an oinen could eat truma, so. But, but we know that something's Asr. So instead of Asring an Oral, let's Asr an Onin. So the Gemara says, uh, No, there's another drasha that allows you to eat an Onin, to eat as an Onin. So you have a drasha that's Asr, you have a drasha that's Mutter. Yeah? One Asr, one Mutter. And you got two things in front of you. You got Oral, you got Onin. One is going to be Asr, one is going to be Mutter. So draw the lines, you know? So... Rav is choosing to asser an oral from ish ish and not an onin. The Gemara says, "How do you know?" Right, again, one of them is asser, one is mutter. You got to pick one. Why are you choosing to be more strict with an oral and to be more lenient with an onin, which is again someone who lost someone? Maybe be more strict with an onin, but more lenient with an oral. The Gemara says, "Umaros We had this yesterday. If you were to list the stringencies, an oral has five, an onin has three. Five beats three. 
Shekain ma'isim krusim bedavra aved, meaning, what are the five things? Mechuser ma'isa, in oral is missing an action to make him complete. Ma'isa begufa, that action is in his physical body. Onush kares, it's the punishment of kares. Yeshlefnei hadibar, it applies before matan Torah. And milas charav avadim akebes, and regarding karm pesach, if your children are not circumcised, you can't eat truma. So those are five stringencies that you see regarding having an oral. What's an onin? What are the stringencies of an onin? Adarav aninus havel rebuya. What about an onin? Yeshen b'chol shah. An onin can happen any time. Halfway through the Ahmed? Shekin yeshelifnei l'chol shah. First word on is b'nei heges. Nei heges b'anoshim anoshim. An onin applies to men and women. And there's nothing you could do about it. So five against three. So what's the Gemara's answer? Five beats three. Okay, meaning so we're going to be more strict with an oral because it has five stringencies. We're going to be more lenient with an oni because it's only three. Another answer, which is incredibly clear, The answer is very simple. What's the source here? That to say that's an oser. Ish, ish, yeah? You have two things in front of you. You could be strict with an oral, you give a shikr with an oinin. Which one applies to ish? Oral. There you go. Easy. Meaning, an oinin applies to men and women, and oral doesn't. So if it says ish, ish, ish below isha, that's an oral. Meaning, you, the context itself implies that you'll be more shikr than oral. No, I understand that, but if you're going to have two choices, you got an oral or an oinin from the word ish, I mean, it kind of makes more sense. You go with. One's much more male-oriented. Now, Rav Akiva asserted an oral from eating truma from the word ish. Yesterday, Rav Eliezer asserted it from the extra word toishe v'sachar by Pesach. Because we said toishe v'sachar by Pesach is, is borderline not true. Because toishe v'sachar means Jewish slaves. And it says that they can't eat the Karm Pesach, which we said is not true, because they could eat the Karm Pesach. They have to eat the Karm Pesach. So we said it's extra for this drosha. Rav Akiva darshins it from ish ish, which means toishe v'sachar are extra for him. Right, you understand? Meaning, Taisha Vesachar are extra words. Rav Eliezer uses it to Aser and Oral. Rav Akiva learns out that an Oral is also from Ish Ish, rendering the words Taisha Vesachar extra. So, what does he do with the word Taisha Vesachar? Taisha Vesachar are two categories, two types of people, yeah, that cannot eat the carbon Pesach. Again, it can't mean literal because Taisha Vesachar literally means Jewish slaves, and that they could eat the carbon Pesach and have to eat the carbon Pesach. So, there is a Pasuk. That's the way Taisus describes a sheker, or, dis- or it's, it's misleading, whatever it is, it needs to be darshan differently. So Rav Eliezer says, it doesn't mean that at all, it's just used to, for truma. Okay, but Rav Akiva has these words extra. So what is it asering? There's someone who's asered to eat the carbon Pesach. Again, we know that an oral can't eat the carbon Pesach, we know a tame can't eat the carbon Pesach, and now we have this word Taisha Vesachar. So what is Taisha Vesachar teaching you? Says the Gemara, Oh. He says that Taisha Vesachar is Ta'asar Goyim that are circumcised. Meaning, the Torah Aser is an oral. That means someone who's uncircumcised. What if a guy comes? He's in the process of conversion, whatever. I don't know. There's a guy comes. He's like, I'd like to eat the Karm Pesach with you. Uh, it's time you have a convert whose parents are at the meal for Pesach. They want to eat the Karm Pesach. They're Arabs, whatever, they're Christians. And you're like, well, you can't. The Pusik says oral. They're like, no, we're circumcised. Not for Judaism, obviously, but they're circumcised for medical purposes. So you might think that they should be allowed to eat the carbon Pesach because they're not Arelim, technically. They're circumcised. Toshiva Sacher says, no, they're outlawed. Even circumcised Goyim are not allowed. 
Okay. Fine. And here's the problem with this. I'll tell you outside that we'll see it inside. The problem is, there's a rule throughout Shas that a circumcised guy is called an oral. An uncircumcised Jew is called a mohol. Meaning, goyim are not, it's not shayich for them to leave the category of uncircumcised. They, by definition, are considered uncircumcised. And even if they cut off the foreskin, they're still in halacha, called in oral. In oral means someone who's not complete. They're not complete. And therefore, you could have a guy who pulls off the foreskin, he's still in oral. And you could have a Jew who doesn't have a circumcision, and in many areas, he's still called a mohol. Now, for the laws of Karim Pesach, maybe not, but, but he's still called a mohol. Meaning, in other words, goyim that are, uncircum- that are circumcised are considered uncircumcised in halacha. So back to our original problem, which is, we already know uncircumcised are not allowed to eat the Karm Pesach. So now you have a special drusha to tell me even Goyim were circumcised. Goyim were circumcised are called uncircumcised. They're the same. So they're still in the category of an oral. So I don't need this special drusha. Oral outlaws all Jews who are uncircumcised and all Goyim. Circumcised, uncircumcised, they're all considered arelim. So why do I need a special drusha to tell me a Christian who's circumcised can't eat the Karm Pesach? Of course not. He's called an oral. So we'll get to that. That's uh, that's potentially the Gemara's answer. So the Gemara says, "Vahani moilininu." Wait, wait. You're telling me that you have a special drasha to tell you that if there's a guy who's circumcised that he can't eat the karm pesach because he's circumcised. The Gemara says, "But he's considered in halacha uncircumcised." Vatsnan. The Mishnah says, "Kainim shani nena laarelim." If let's say a person says, "I swear, I'm not going to get any benefit from someone who's an oral," so you know what that means. Then he's Osir, Mutter Ba'arle Yisrael. He's allowed to benefit from any Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, because even a Jew who's uncircumcised is not considered an oral in, in colloquial terms. But but he's Osir in a guy, even if the guy is circumcised. A guy's circumcision, Shaloy Lashem Yahadus, is irrelevant, meaning he's still considered an oral. And then it says, Ba'arle Yisrael, uh, sorry, um, Kainim Shani Island. And if he says, I swear I won't benefit from anyone who's Mal, then he's mutter Yisrael. He's Asr for all Jews and he's mutter for all Goyim. What do you see? You see the Goyim who are circumcised are considered uncircumcised in Halacha. So back to. Yeah, that Asr is all Jews, both circumcised and uncircumcised. So they're all considered Gemalat. So the point is like this. So we have a special Jerusha that asks certain people for meeting in Karm Pesach. We said, who is that? So we said, okay, it's talking about a guy who's circumcised. Because you might think because he's circumcised, he's not an oral. No, it's Asr. Even a guy who's circumcised is considered an oral. I don't need a special drasha for this. So we're back to our original question, which is, what is Toysheh B'Sachar Asring for Karben Pesach, according to Rav Akiva? So this is what you answer. The answer is, Lasur Ger Shemol V'Litaval. So it Asr's two things. One Let's say you have a convert who just did a bris milah, but he didn't go to the mikvah. Right? He did a bris milah, but he didn't go to the mikvah yet. He's not recovered yet to go to the mikvah. You might think after the bris milah, he's considered Jewish, and he could eat the karm pasach. No. So that's category number one. Okay. And number two is katan shenoi mahu. Let's say you have someone who's born, and he doesn't need a bris milah. He's born without a foreskin. A Jewish kid. Who's born without a foreskin? So you might think that he should be allowed to eat the karm pesach because he doesn't need a bris milah. No, the halacha is that even if you're born without uh, an oral, you have to do hatafas dam bris, which is to, to to have blood. You have to prick and have blood come out 
That that's necessary. So if you have so the two things the Toshav Sakhar Asers is a convert who only did Brismila and not mikvah because he's not considered Jewish yet. You might think that he is, but he's not. And number two, if a kid, a Jewish person, never had a brismila because he was born without an oral, you might think he could be able to eat the carbon pestle because he doesn't have it. He's not considered oral. He doesn't have a brismila. The answer is, you need a tafas dambris. And if you don't do a tafas dambris, you're considered uncircumcised regarding the carbon pesach. That's how Rav Akiva darshins Taishiv Now, Rav Eliezer uses Taishiv to outlaw an oral from eating truma. So how does he know what does he do with this? So the answer is, Revelazor disagrees in both categories. He holds that if a, a, a convert just circumcises, he's Jewish. He could eat the Karm Pesach. Revelazor disagrees with the Rav Akiva. He actually holds that you could eat the Karm Pesach after circumcision alone because it's considered a full-fledged Jew. He believes that the, uh, the mikvah is not necessary. It's nice, but it's not a requirement. We obviously don't pass in that way. But that's Rav Eliezer's shita. So according to Rav Eliezer, the second you circumcise, you could eat the Karm Pesach. So he disagrees with Rav Akiva's drasha. And what about the bris, uh, someone who's born with a bris? He actually holds it if you're born with a bris, you don't need a Tavaz bris. He holds you could eat the Karm Pesach. He disagrees in both, in both accounts. Okay. Now to end this entire sugya, yeah. Correct. That if a baby is born without a bris, you don't have to do anything. So Revelyezer would hold both these people could eat the Karm Pesach. So when Revakiva uses these drushes to outlaw these two people, Revelyezer feels these two people are full fledged Jews. No problem. So he disagrees. Now, just to. Put a bow on this sugya. The only thing that we have not explained is um, what does Rav Eliezer do with ish ish? Because right. Rav Akiva uses ish ish to outlaw truma for an oral. Rav Eliezer already knows that from Taisha Vesacher. So what does he do with ish ish? Which is sometimes the Torah just talks the way people talk. Meaning ish ish is not meant for a drasha. That's just how people talk. Which is it's always hard to know when to apply that rule and when not. Okay. Bayi Rami Rav Chama Bar Ukva. Here's the Shaila. We said that if someone's an oral, he can't eat truma. What about a baby before eight days? He's not circumcised, not because he did anything wrong. It's not the time yet. But he's technically uncircumcised. Can he, now babies that age can't eat truma, but you know what they could do? They could anoint oil. If you take oil of truma and anoint it on your skin, it's the equivalent of eating. Are you allowed to, to rub a baby's skin under eight days old, with oil of truma, do we say that he's an oral because he's uncircumcised? Or do we say no? Only uncircumcised is only after eight days old because you have the bris mila mitzvah and you didn't do it. But under eight days old, it's not considered uh, uncircumcised. That, that's the shail. You said good shail. I agree. So now the Gemara has a very. It's a good right. I think you're going to like the answer. The Gemara says like this. It's a riddle. Okay. The Gemara says like this: Amrav Zayir Tashma, Eili Alamilos Charev B'Shas Asiya, Vavada B'Shas Achila, Menayim Litenisa Amr Shel Zeb Zevis Amr Shel Zeb Zeh, Tamer Lemer Oz Oz Lugzayir Shava. Okay, here's here's the answer to the riddle. The answer to answer to the question is a riddle. The Brisa says like this: When it describes, um, we we said that you can't eat truma, we can't eat the Karm Pesach 
if your kids are uncircumcised or your slaves are uncircumcised. Now, this is the carbon Pesach, yeah? Now, it specifically says regarding the carbon Pesach, regarding the slaves, it says um, you can't eat the carbon Pesach if the slaves are uncircumcised at the Seder. And regarding your children, it says you can't eat the carbon Pesach if your children are uncircumcised when you slaughter the carbon Pesach, which is Erev Pesach. So specifically, it says a pro- it's a problem by slaves at the Seder and by your children earlier. But says the Gemara, how do I know that it's a problem in every scenario? Which means you could have a scenario, and this is the riddle. You could have a scenario where you have a slave that was only grismila, only uncircumcised Erev Pesach, but not circumcised at the Seder. You could have a problem if the, if the slave is circumcised Erev Pesach, but uncircumcised at the Seder. You could have a problem if it's a child uncircumcised by A. I mean, you have A and B. A is Erev Pesach, B is at the Seder. It's a problem if you're uncircumcised at any point. If that means that you're uncircumcised at A, but not B, it's a problem. B and not A, it's a problem. Now you can't grow foreskin. <coughs> if you're uncir- if you're circumcised, huh? It doesn't, go it doesn't go backwards. So what does it mean? I understand how you could be uncircumcised erev pesach, but circumcised at the seder. That means that between erev pesach and the seder, you had a bris milah. Completely understand. And the pasuk saying that's an issue because as long as one of those points, you were oral at one of those points, it's a problem. But how do you have the reverse? How do you have? You were circumcised Erev Pesach, but I'm uncircumcised at the Seder. Ah, so it must be we're talking about a baby who's seven days old and turns eight days old. Something like that. Well, no, but not exactly. The right. problem is because if it comes eight days old, you have the bris meal in the morning. It must be that you was born in between. And you see that the foreskin, uh, that an oral, that a baby before eight days is considered uncircumcised. We'll get to it. But basically, you have a riddle. If you're, uncircum- if you're circumcised by Erev Pesach, but uncircumcised at the Seder, it's an issue. How is that possible? Let's go through each one. Slaves, it's very easy how it's possible. You bought them in between. Right? They didn't exist. Right? Erev Pesach is 4 o'clock in the afternoon. The Seder is 9 o'clock at night. You got five hours. If someone becomes uncircumcised between those five hours, it's a problem. How's that possible? So by a slave, it's very easy. You bought them in between. They, were uns- they, they, weren't, they weren't a problem at the time of the Erev Pesach because they didn't, they, you, didn't buy, they, you didn't own them. They weren't your problem. No, it's just saying that they weren't an oral, meaning they weren't my oral. They're not my problem. No, true, but they weren't your problem. You didn't own them. You only owned them by the Seder. So when the Seder came, you're like, you go to the rabbi, you're like, at the Seder they were uncircumcised. He's like, what about Erev Pesach? They, they weren't a problem, Erev Pesach. That's how it's possible. True, but they weren't your problem. Yeah, true, but they weren't your problem. They weren't your problem. They weren't your slaves. They didn't exist from your perspective. But the Torah only asks, do, does it? Pro- is, could you eat the carbon pesach if there's goyim out there? Yeah, it's that your slaves are uncircumcised. It's a problem when your slaves are uncircumcised. They weren't my slaves on erev pesach. They were only my slaves at the seder. So that's how you could have that riddle where it's only uncircumcised at the seder, not erev pesach, because I didn't own them erev pesach. I own them at the seder. Okay. It'll it'll stop you. Yeah. Well, yeah, you probably would not be able. To, I guess if you bought them not knowing, or if you didn't ask a shayla. But yes, yes, one hundred percent. It would you would not be allowed to buy them knowing it would stop you. It, but if you did, it prevents you. Now the question is, how do you have a baby become 
uncircumcised in between. Now you can't say that they got to the eighth day in between because you know the eighth day is in the morning, right? So how do you how do you have four oh, o'clock in the afternoon is erev Pesach, nine o'clock at night is the seder? The baby became uncircumcised in between. So you'll say, well, he became eight days old. You don't become eight days old in the afternoon. So it doesn't work. It must be the baby was born in between. And what do you see? You see that before eight days old, it's considered an oral. The the mother had a baby in between four o'clock and nine o'clock, which means at the Seder, the baby was two hours old. And you see that you can't eat the carbon Pesach because the baby is considered uncircumcised. Oh, you see that uh, uncir- uh, before eight days old is considered an oral. Now, the problem with this is it's very unlikely to me that you or anyone would not be allowed to have to eat the carbon Pesach because a baby's under eight days old. What do you want me to do? Yeah. Like, it's, 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 it's kind of irrational to even say this, that like, Eight days, under eight days old is an oral, and that's why you can't eat the carbon Pesach. Why? Because our baby's uncircumcised. He's, he's two years, two hours old. What do you want from me? You want me to do it? It would be us to do you do it. You understand? But that's the Gemara's Raya, and the Gemara's going to instantly reject it because, like I was saying, it, it, it's not rational to say that under eight days old you're considered an oral. Yeah, but, it's, but, but over here, it's, the Torah doesn't want you to, to circumcise the baby that age. Correct. Yeah, so that's my point. It's not. It's not. You can't make a mitzvah then. The gemara. Well, the gemara like thought for a second that like oral is just a reality. Like if you have a foreskin, you can't eat the karm pesach. And then the gemara is going to say like, but yeah, but what do, you, but what do you want? He's two hours old. You don't even want me to do the bris now. Like, what do you want from me? The gemara says like this. Okay, Luzeri Shabbat. Now, meaning there's a riddle that you could have someone who becomes uncircumcised between Erev Pesach and the Seder. So let's go through each one. Bishleim Avadov. I understand by slaves how you could have this. You bought them in between. Very easy. How do you have a baby become uncircumcised in between? How's that possible? It must be, again, it can't be that he becomes eight days old because you become eight days old in the morning. So it wouldn't be that he's uncircumcised, that he's, that he's not a problem, Erev Pesach, he's only a problem at the Seder. How is that possible? It must be that the baby was born in between Erev Pesach and the Seder. And you see that the father cannot eat because of his newborn. Why? Because the baby is considered uncircumcised. So you see that before eight days old is considered an oral. The Gemara says the obvious question, which is, The whole point of he's an oral is because the Pasuk wants me to give a brismila. I can't give a brismila two hours old. So how could that be? So the Gemara therefore rejects it. And therefore the Gemara feels that of course it's not considered an oral before eight days old. But now we have to finish this riddle. How do you have a baby that Erev Pesach at four in the afternoon was not a problem of his circumcision, but at nine o'clock at night is considered uncircumcised. It's a baby. But then also, but it depends. What? How? How old is the baby? If the baby's eight days old, then you have to present right away. Also, it's not your child. The pasuk says it's your child. It's your son. 
Your, by the way, it would be a good answer to 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 to, to conversion would be a good answer, except the pasuk is referring to your son. If your son's converting, that means that you're not related to him anymore, right? It means you're a convert. And it means that you know, so therefore it wouldn't be. So the Gemara says, you know what the answer is? The case is where the baby had a fever, meaning the baby was not well. The baby had a fever at four in the afternoon, but the fever broke in between. So it's not considered an oral because you couldn't give a brismi, you can't give a brismi to a baby who has a fever. So a baby who's ill is not considered an oral if they don't have a bris. Correct. The baby can't eat. Again, we're not talking about the baby eating. We're talking about you. Meaning, uh, yeah, meaning, meaning, let's say you have someone who medically can never have a bris milah. So he'll never be able to eat the karmpesa. Yeah, but his father can eat. Because his father, meaning it's like a penalty. For him, it's a reality. If you have a foreskin, you can't eat the karmpesa. But for the father, it's built, it's built on a penalty dynamic. Wait, I don't understand what you just said. If, uh, if somebody can have a bris, then his father is allowed to eat? I believe so, yes. I would think so, yes. Yeah, he's an oral that he can't eat the carbon pesach. But I believe his father could eat because the reason why the father can't eat, it's a penalty. It's not a penalty. That, that's what the Gemara says. So the case is where the he became uncircumcised in between Erev Pesach and the Seder is where the fever broke. Now here's the problem. There's a special halacha when it comes to a baby. We're not talking about jaundice, right? We, we don't have fevers as much. Usually the reason why a bris meal is pushed off is because of jaundice. The halacha is that when a baby has a fever that breaks, you give them seven days from the fever before you do the bris meal. Okay? That's a special halacha. I don't know practically what doctors do, I'm not sure. But the Gemara feels that if you have a baby, let's say, eight days old that has a, has a fever, it breaks on the ninth morning, you don't do the bris meal on the ninth morning, you give seven more days. Meaning, like, the, like the fever restarts, like, sort of the birth. So you tell me that the fever broke over here, <laughs> no good, because then you got seven more days. So I'll tell you that, so the, the answer is the fever broke seven days before, in between. What do you see? You see that by the bris when do you do the bris The eighth day. Not eight 24-hour periods. Meaning, let's say the baby is born three in the afternoon on Sunday. When do you do the bris Sunday morning. The eighth day, you start, it's not, it's not exactly, but when it comes to fever, it's not like that. If the fever breaks at three in the afternoon, you don't do the bris until seven days later at three in the afternoon. That's why, so that's the point. So the point is the fever broke seven days before in between the afternoon at night, and it's not like birth, because birth, you just do the eighth day in the morning. Over here, you do seven days after the fever, not in the morning, because we need to find that in-between gap. It's got, you do seven 24-hour intervals, and then you do the bris. So if the fever broke at 6 in the afternoon, 7 days before, that's how you could have a scenario. Otherwise, if we didn't have that, we would have done it in the 24-hour period. I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know. I, to be honest with you, I had never heard of this I mean, because again, you know, usually the reason why brisim are pushed off is because of jaundice. It's usually not because of fever. But um, apparently, yeah. Um, we do not circumcise until seven days have passed from the time the fever departed. Okay. Uh, interesting. So the case is where the fever broke. I, the Gemara says, Wait, if the fever broke in the afternoon, you need to give seven more days. The answer is, the Yavin Kol Shiva. 
you give him seven more days, and this is talking about where the Erev Pesach is the seventh day from the fever breaking. So the Gemara said, but wait a minute, don't you just start in the morning? The answer is no. It's seven days to the, to the dot from when the fever broke. The answer is, and go to the next page, you have to actually have it where it's to that to that moment. So the Gemara says, But doesn't the Brisa say that the day of the fever breaking is the same as the day of birth? Meaning, when it comes to birth, it's not exactly to the moment. It's the eighth day from the morning. So doesn't it kind of sound like the fever breaking also? It's seven days and then in the morning? The answer is no. The Gemara says, Now the answer is that it's different. When it comes to birth, it's the eighth day, and then in the morning you do the bris milah. But not when it comes to fever breaking. It's seven 24-hour periods. That's answer number one of the riddle of, again, how do you have a baby that in between the afternoon and at night becomes uncircumcised? Answer number two is, I think, a little more... The baby had a fever seven days before, and the fever broke in between that time. And the answer number two is, I think, a lot easier. Rav Papa just says the baby had eye pain, and it got better in between. I don't know. The baby was drawn. This I mean the fever you give seven days. You have to go this whole complicated case. Stan, the baby was not healthy enough to have the bris milah until in between the afternoon and the night, and then at that point the baby became uh, viable. Then it became uncircumcised. Rava says the parents were in prison and the parents were released in between. Not Bezin won't get involved until the baby's 13. The eighth day old, we're going to let the parents do it. I, the parents were in prison. So the eighth day, the parents are in prison and they got released in between. They're not Chayv Karas until he's 13. Yeah. The point is, the eighth day, the parents are in prison, they're getting released in the afternoon, so they're released in between the afternoon and at night, so it's, you're not gonna have a, they're not going to say there was a taina on them, they were in prison. Another answer? This one's a little more strange. Oh, no, no two more answers. The cases where the baby was born with skin covering that part of the body, and they only operated to find out he was a male in between the afternoon and the night. So you couldn't do the brisimila before because you didn't know if it was a male or a female. The last case, which is very strange, the baby, and the baby is considered eight, uh, is a male. You don't start counting the eight days from when the surgery. No, you do, but but the, the so parents, the, 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 the baby was born eight days before, and it had the surgery that day to so open up. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always a male. Now. The Gemara has a very strange answer. Rav Shabi Amikun Shahiti Raisha Chutz the Prusdor. The cases where the baby stuck the baby. I, I don't know. Okay, the Mitzias. I don't know how this is possible, but the Gemara is even going to ask. The baby was beginning to give birth, so the head came out. The second the head comes out, it's considered born. The clock starts, but the body could not be taken out until eight days later. So therefore, in the afternoon. So therefore, it's considered eighth day old, but you couldn't do a bris because it wasn't fully birthed yet. Yeah. What does it mean that the came out a little bit? No, 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 no. No, no, no. No, no, no. Oh, so the Gemara says, how could the baby live for that long? 
Vatanya, Kivan Shiyatsal Avraoil, and the second the baby's head comes out, Niftachasov and Nistama Pasuach, the 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 openings open up and the, what's supposed to be open closes, meaning the baby no longer is eating from the mother. So how do you have the baby eight days old? First of all, by the way, you could just feed it. I was just thinking you could just like probably like squirt stuff in his mouth like Huh? The baby can't, she can't sit there with her head out. I don't know, I don't know. The, the point is, so the Gemara says, how can the baby survive? So the answer is, the baby had a fever. There was a fever. Not the baby's fever, because the baby's fever would give another seven more days. The mom had a fever. And apparently when the mother has a fever, it's, it suppresses appetites. So the baby was able to survive. The baby probably was not doing well, but there was a fever. So the Gemara says, the way Art Scroll describes it, a fever sustains its victims. The fever reduces appetite and causes the body to consume the excess fat. Uh, so the Gemara says, whose fever? Isha Deman. Ilamid Isha Dide. If the baby had a fever, Yachi called Shiva, then you have to give another seven days. The answer is, Ishta Deima, the mother had fever. Or another answer, Another answer is, the baby can survive for that long as long as it's crying. The baby can live eight days without eating. Um, because the baby's child's crying generates heat, and that sustains him. This has to be a couple of Yeah. You can't have the baby's head out for a week. The body is... I don't know. Okay. Sure. I don't know, yeah. It could be also never had to happen. It doesn't have to have ever happen. So it could be theoretical. I don't know. Okay. Now, th- this last sugya, let me just give a little bit of a background. This is more my father's area. This is the beginning of Sefer Yeshua. Uh, the, the Jews predominantly, most of the Jews, it's unclear. Tysus has a theory that maybe they did a bris meal. Basically, the Pesach says that the Jews that, that were in the Midbar for 40 years did not have bris milas, uh, which is shocking. Now, Tysus does say, by the way, Tysus, the second bottom Tysus says, no, they had a bris milah, they just never did priya. Priya is the second part, which is pulling that tiny bit of skin out. Um, Tyson says because the, the, the mitzvah of Priya was not given until they entered Eretz Yisrael. But, well, let's assume the Pashup shot. The Pashup shot is they did not do, meaning they did the, either they didn't do anything or they did just the meal and no Priya. But they definitely did not do a full circumcision, which is, again, a strange thing. The Gemara is going to ask why. By the way, the Shevet of Levi did. The Shevet of Levi pushed themselves. They did it. It was considered dangerous in the Midbar because they constantly were moving and they didn't have the wind and they didn't know if it was safe. So they, Pikuach Nefesh, for 40 years, they did not have a Brismila. Now, here's the problem. They're considered Aurelim when they enter Eretz Yisrael. Yeah? They enter Eretz Yisrael four days before Pesach, the 10th of Nisan. The Gemara is going to prove that you could sprinkle para'aduma waters on an aural and it works. Meaning, let's say you have someone who's uncircumcised and he's also Tommy Mace. So he's got to be sprinkled para'aduma waters. The question is, does para'aduma's waters work on someone who's uncircumcised? I don't know. Maybe it only works if you're considered gemalat. The answer is it works. Why? Because the Jews entered Eretz Yisrael uncircumcised. They did the bris milah three days before Pesach they had, the, they had Pesach three days later. They were also Tamei Mace, Rashi says, because they all lost their parents throughout the years in the desert. Which means everyone is... So they're all entering Eretz Yisrael, Tamei Mace, and Arelim. Wait, and, wait, hold on a second. Can we back up? What, wait, they, are you saying that in the Midbar none of them had the Korban Pesach for those years? Correct. They didn't have any Korban Pesach? 
Nope. Then, then how, then how do they go to Moshe and say oh, we missed the, the first one and we want to have Koba on Pesach Sheni? So, the first Pesach they had, did they have a Pesach in the Midbar? Oh, who, who asked Moshe about Pesach Sheni? No, 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 no. They had the first one. The question is, no, 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 no. But that generation had the Brismila. The question is, the second generation, did the second generation have? Yeah, I think they didn't. So, I think they didn't. Yeah, I got I to gotta confirm this, but I think they didn't. It's a good question. I, I don't think they did. Okay. Um, again, I'm going to confirm that. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think. Yeah, I don't, I don't think. I don't think they, they all were considered orals. I don't think they had. Um, now, again, the Gemara's point is to prove, again, it's just an equation. They all entered Eretz Yisrael, Tame Mace, because their parents had died. By the way, the Ritva asked a question. I thought they all buried themselves. Right? Isn't that the famous thing that every Tishabov they would all go in the graves and ask get a, the answer someone's gotta cover them. So anyway, so they're all entering Eretz Yisrael, Tame Mace, and uncircumcised. They circumcise themselves three days before Pesach. And on Pesach they get to eat the carbon Pesach. How how many days how long does it take to go through the Tahara process of the Paraduma? A week. Which means that the first sprinkling was when they had when they were and they had foreskin still. It's not possible. You get you get circumcised three days before Pesach and you eat the carbon Pesach. That means that you already started the Tahara process before the Brismila. You understand? At the end of it, it. No, 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 no. That's it. It just it just shows you that the the carbon the the, the may chatas works on someone who's an oral because that's what it, what's what happened. There's a Messias. The Gemara says. Um, Rabbeinu, oral mekabel hazor. An oral um, can have the paraduma water sprinkle on him. She came babasenu because that's what you have with the avos, with the Jewish people. She kiblu hazor kashenarelim. When they entered Eretz Yisrael, they already started the tahara process when they still had foreskins. Shenemar va'amalu mina yardin basalachoyde sharishin basara loy mehili. Meshum chul shadurcha. They entered Eretz Yisrael the tenth of Nisan. They did not circumcise themselves the tenth because they had just traveled. So they give him one day of rest. So they, they circumcised the next day, and they had a Karm Pesach three days later. So, it, it doesn't work. To, to, you have to, to get the uh, waters, you have to sprinkle yourself day three and day seven. If, you, if you're getting a bris meal at 11, day 11, and day 14, you're having the Karm Pesach, that means that you sprinkle the waters when you're, when you're still considered uncircumcised. So, the Gemara said, maybe they didn't do a Karm Pesach the first year. Well, it can't be. The Pesach says they did the Pesach. Maybe they didn't sprinkle themselves. Maybe they were all Tamemes. And the halacha is that if all the Jewish people are Tamemes, you could bring the Karm Pesach in the state of Toma. So, why are you assuming that they sprinkle themselves? Maybe they didn't. The answer is. The Brisa says they, they had a brismila, they had sprinkling of the waters, and they brought Karm Pesach B'tahara. Okay, now that we mentioned this concept, let's just talk a little bit more about it. Hold on, hold on. So therefore, we just say they brought No, B'tahara. It says B'tahara. It says it was brought B'tahara, which means... They did the sprinkling when they were uncircumcised. And that works. That's the point. It works. The mitzvah of Priya, which is the second part of the Brismila, that was actually not given to Avram Avinu. That mitzvah was given to Yeshua Benon. 
Shenemar, Beisahi Amr Hashem al Yeshua Asel Chavis Surim. The Pasuk says that when they entered Israel, Hashem said, Sharpen the knives, you're going to do Brismila. Now, and the Gemara understands that that wasn't just a Brismila, that was saying, in addition to Brismila, we're going to do something different now. We're going to start doing Priya. So the Gemara says, Dilma Hanach Dulay Mohul. Maybe there was no mitzvah of Priya at the time. Maybe Priya was always in existence, and Yeshua just had to do a Brismila. The answer is no. The Pasuk says, the Lashon of the Pasuk is, Sharpen your knives. And bris, do a brismila a second time. Why do you have to say a brismila a second time? You know what the answer is? Hashem is saying, we're going to do a brismila twice now. Mila and Priya. Okay. So he's saying that Avram was going to do not do Priya. No, so Rash, so Taisus says, and the, the Taisus says, Avram para milasan. He did it himself. But he was not commanded to do so. Meaning, from the times of Avram Avinu till Yeshua, Priya was optional. It was a nice thing to do, but if you didn't do it, you were still considered circumcised. Once Yeshua entered Eretz Yisrael, Hashem said, no more. Priya is no more an option. It now has to be done. And if you don't do it, you're considered an oral. And how do you know that, how do you know that Yeshua was told about this? Because that's Veshuv. Veshuv means again. And it wasn't just to circumcise, because you would just say, Circumcised. Veshuv means there's like something more to that. Mila and Priya. What is Shainis? Why does the Pasuk says a second time? And to tell you Shainis is to tell you that the beginning of Mila and Priya are the same. Meaning just like Mila is Ma'akiv, so to Priya is Ma'akiv. As the Mishnah says, This is the skin that has to be removed, that covers the majority of the, the, the crown on top. And if you don't, then it's Ma'akiv. It's the, the majority of the height. Now, we'll end with this. In the Midbar, the majority of the Jewish people did not do Brismila. Again, some did, and according to Taisus, it could be everyone did, they just didn't do Priya. It's a Shiloh. But they definitely did not do the full brismila process. Why? What's the reason why the Jewish people as a whole did not do the full mila and priya in the Midbar? So the Gemara says famous answers. They were traveling and they were weak. And it was constantly in a state of pikuach nefesh because they didn't know if they were staying long or, or, or going. So you can't, you can't circumcise a baby and then and have the baby... Two days later, you got to travel in the desert. That's dangerous. Which, by the way, it just goes to show you, it shows you that, like, you know, like, we had this during COVID, I remember, like, the same tire that tells you to go to shul tells you not to go to shul, and it takes, like, a certain strength to be able. For 40 years, even when they were staying in the Midbar, for months at a time, each day, the father would be like, I can't brisk me, I can't do it today. Because if I do it today, maybe we'll travel tomorrow. Then two days later, it goes, like, I could have done it. Because uh, t- each day, you have to say, the tire doesn't want me to do it. It was never a complaint against them. Again, the Levi did it because the Levim were strong, but, but there was never a Taina. Another answer, another answer is because they never had the north wind. Apparently the north wind brings healing, and even if they would have done it, the babies wouldn't, it would have been dangerous. Because uh, for 40 years, the northern wind never blew. Um, Either because Hashem was upset with them uh, for uh, the eagle, uh, the north wind is considered a healing wind, so Hashem, you don't get to healing wind, or it would scatter the. You got clouds. Ananiya cover clouds. You know what kills clouds? Wind. 
So that was the reason. Okay, all right, we'll stop here. One second. Um, yeah.